By now, I'm sure you've heard of the term artificial intelligence. Well, what does that mean? And is it good for the club or is it good for you? What are the benefits? Well, that's what Chet and Gary talk about today in our podcast. Let's go. Good morning, Chad, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about artificial intelligence. How about that? Okay. Are you going to get it or am I? <laughs> I tell you, if I have it, it's artificial. So <laughs> my intelligence is all artificial. <laughs> Let's discuss a little bit what we've um, what we've talked about in our uh, little sessions and in our downtimes and the help sessions about artificial intelligence and how helpful it can be and, and is it uh, beneficial to our membership? Yeah, and that's uh, kind of the interesting question, and, and I got really interested into looking into this over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there have been some really uh, interesting, and I think I'm using that word over overusing the word interesting here, <laughs> uh, but there have been some very good uh, discussions that I've seen talking about what's actually becoming possible. And what I actually began to wonder was, would it be possible to use some of these artificial intelligence chatbots, they call them, like ChatGPT or BARD, B-A-R-D, at uh, Google, uh, to help people when they had a problem? So I actually went into some of these and tried that. And, uh, for example, I said, uh, how do I reboot my iPhone 14? And it gave me detailed instructions on how to reboot my iPhone. It didn't give me a link or a reference to another document I had to go read. It simply gave me the instructions. That's nice. And that's the advantage I see to this. And it did it in a very natural human uh, language form. Uh, so it said you push the power up button or the volume up button. You push the volume down button. You push the side button and hold it until the Apple logo shows up which is exactly what I would have told somebody if they'd asked me, how do I reboot? And another one I said uh, was I asked it, how do I print from mail on my iPhone 14? And it went through and gave me the instructions on how to print from mail to an AirPrint printer and gave me information about AirPrint printer and what, they, what that basically was and then making sure that I was on the same network and a whole lot of things like that. So. Uh, from that standpoint, I think this may be a very valuable tool in a lot of cases as these things evolve a little bit further than they are. And, w- and when it gives you those instructions or whatever, the, whatever you prompted to do, that the results can also be read to you. Yes. If you've got, you know, sight the, limitations. The, or That's right. Yeah, you can turn on the speech features and have it speak. But as I got more into these, even beyond the benefits of what we can see, uh, or uh, asking it to do things for us, like we asked Siri to take a, a screenshot for us and things like that, and that's just going to get better and better and better. And by the way, it's interesting that Apple apparently is working on getting some of this technology into their products, but they don't seem to like using the letters AI. Right, right. So we're not seeing a lot of talk about AI, but we are seeing talk about things like large language model is the terminology that's being used. But in in going through this, I kept hearing 
about how sophisticated these things really were. So I got really curious and I went into the what is known as ChatGPT, which is the one we keep hearing a lot of talk about. And I gave it a very interesting command, or very simple command. I said, tell me a short story telling how Mary lost her lamb. That's all I said to it. And what I'd like to do is to have this read out to people what it returned, two minutes and seven seconds long, so it's not very long, it's a short story. But what's important when you're listening to this is to realize this is not a computer that looked up a document on the internet and is reading the document out to you. This is a computer that actually composed the story that you're going to hear. And a couple of things to think about as you're listening to this. We have this story of Mary had a little lamb that we all learned as kids. The computer didn't learn that as a kid. So I didn't say anything about Mary had a little lamb in my request. I just said, tell me how Mary lost her lamb. In the first paragraph this, there are a couple of references that are very interesting. It says, young Mary was known to have the whitest lamb anyone had ever seen. Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow. And then says, it followed her everywhere. Mm -hmm. The lamb was sure to go. Right. Right. <laughs> and it winds up with a statement, the townsfolk often said, look, there goes Mary with her little lamb. <laughs> now, what struck me about that is, here we are with a computer application that is not talking to the internet, is not reading documents off the internet, but I told it to tell me about Mary and her lamb, and it found the reference in its stored knowledge of Mary had a little lamb. And the things I just read you out of the first paragraph indicate that. This also set a time frame for the story and told the story in that time frame with characters. So anyway, I'm let me excited. play it out. Let's hear this, I'm excited. Okay, here we go. In the peaceful town of Meadowville, young Mary was known to have the whitest lamb anyone had ever seen. It followed her everywhere, much like a loyal dog would. And the townsfolk would often say, look, there goes Mary with her little lamb. One sunny morning, Mary decided to visit the town's market to buy some fresh vegetables. Knowing her lamb would be tempted by the lush green grass near the market square, she tied a scarlet ribbon around its neck so she could spot it easily. Stay close and don't wander off, she whispered to her beloved pet. Engrossed in picking the freshest tomatoes, Mary didn't realize when her lamb got distracted by a butterfly and began to follow it. The butterfly fluttered away leading the lamb further and further from the market square and into a forest nearby. When Mary finally finished her shopping, she turned around to find her lamb missing. Panic gripped her heart. She called out, but there was no answering ball with the scarlet ribbon as her only clue she scoured the market, asking everyone if they'd seen her lamb. Old Mr. Thompson, who sold handmade wooden toys, said he had seen the lamb following a butterfly towards the forest. With hope, Mary sprinted towards the woods, calling out for her lamb. Deep in the forest, the lamb realized it was lost. The butterfly had long since fluttered away. Afraid and alone, it bleated softly. But as fate would have it, a kind woodcutter heard the cry. Recognizing the lamb with the scarlet ribbon, he decided to keep it safe until its owner could be found. Hours seemed like days, but Mary's determination never wavered. And then, just as the sun was setting, she stumbled upon the woodcutter's cabin. 
Hearing a familiar buzz, she rushed inside and found her lamb safe and sound. The woodcutter, seeing Mary's relief, smiled and said, I knew someone would come looking for this special lamb. The bond between you two is clear to see. Grateful, Mary hugged her lamb tightly, thanking the woodcutter profusely. And so with her lamb by her side, she made her way back home, the scarlet ribbon shining even brighter against the backdrop of the setting sun. The town saying might have remained the same, but for Mary, it held a deeper meaning, reminding her always of the day she almost lost her dearest friend. Oh, that's pretty impressive. When you think about that, that was, uh, by the way, uh, read out by uh, my iPad Pro uh, from the text that was generated by the uh, chat GPT application. That was completely computer generated. If somebody else were to ask the same question, they'd get back a slightly different story. This is not something that's stored in memory and being read out to me. It's being composed by the application itself. This is one of the things that is causing teachers to get very worried. Suppose that you said to your class, your homework assignment is to write a little story about Mary and her lamb. Uh, and uh, this took about 30 seconds for the computer to generate this. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it was pretty detailed too. A lot of you know, there was a toy salesman, a woodcutter, a forest. And <laughs> yes, and that that is the thing that just blew me away when I started to think about this. This put together a storyline, in a particular time frame, had characters that had developed and put into that storyline. It talked about the butterfly, fly, uh, fleeting or uh, fluttering instead of flying, and uh, some things like that which gives it the appearance of a level of understanding of things outside the context of the request that I made. Right. right. This is the thing that is just unbelievably startling about this. I got one other one that I want to show to uh, have this read to you uh, because I went into this and uh, let me get this one uh, queued up here. Um, I went in and I said, could I ask you to write an email for me? And so I actually did that. I went in and said, write an apologetic email saying, I'm sorry for missing an important business meeting because I got hung up in traffic at a railroad crossing. This is what it generated. I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to extend my sincerest apologies for not being able to attend the important business meeting earlier today. Unfortunately, I got caught up in an unexpected delay at a railroad crossing and the traffic held me up for a significant amount of time. I understand the significance of the meeting and the value of everyone's time. Please know that I had every intention of being there and contributing to our discussions. I've already taken the initiative to get a summary of what I missed, and I'm committed to catching up on all the points discussed. To prevent any such occurrences in the future, I'll be looking into alternative routes and making sure I leave earlier, especially during important days. If there are any immediate actions or follow-ups required from my end, please do let me know. I'm keen on making up for the time lost in ensuring that my absence doesn't hinder our team's progress. Thank you for your understanding, and I deeply regret any inconvenience caused. I value our collaboration, and I'm committed to ensuring this doesn't happen again. Now again, when you think about what was just written, composed by a computer, uh, you begin to realize just exactly what everybody is worried about a little bit with these. And I watched an interesting YouTube video where two college professors were talking about this, and one of them said their school talked significantly about how to handle this and what to do with students. And they decided to endorse and not try to block the use of this. 
And so they uh, gave some requirements to the students that said if you in fact use uh, ChatGPT or one of the other chatbot type applications, that you tell them what was the request that you gave it so they can look at how you asked the question to it that it answered and that you give the application credit for what was generated. But they said that they're not blocking students from using it, just giving the, some rules to the students about how they do it. And in fact, one professor was actually using it to do some um, evaluations and analysis of existing data, which the students would then use to do their work. Uh, and so this, this is turning out to be quite something. And uh, they uh, have a uh, phrase right now that's chat GPT moment. And I actually got interested in what in the world that was, and I asked the software that, and it gave me a nice long dissertation on what that was and kind of referred to the iPhone moment when the iPhone came about in 2007. So I think we're looking at something with this that is going to start to have a major impact on how we talk to computers. Absolutely. Uh, it's just uh, whether we want it or not, it's here. It's here. It's here to stay, and it's only getting Yeah, the, the, the snowball is going over the top of the hill, and uh, it's, it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle. It, it's out. Uh, there are several of these, and I tried different things in, uh, in these. And uh, there's uh, Bing from uh, Microsoft. There is Bard, B-A-R-D, from Google. Um, at Google, you get it bard.google.com. Uh, Bing is an app you can download and put on your iPhone or your iPad. Uh, ChatGPT is an app you can install on your iPhone or your iPad and play with some of these things your, yourself. Uh, one of the things that I found though was that the one from Microsoft, when I asked it for some information uh, concerning the life expectancy of people gave me a very nonsense answer which was very difficult to understand. The other apps gave me a much more meaningful one. So you might want to try different ones of these to see which one helps you the most. The other thing though that was interesting, there was a 60 minutes presentation and they introduced the idea of something called hallucination. And they said that these applications are not working by doing a search of the internet. They were trained by taking the information in the internet and teaching their neural network systems based on the, the English language that's in the internet right now. And that because of this, the languages will try to do whatever they can to answer your question uh, and in the 60 Minutes episode, they talked about the fact they asked it a question and it gave them a very nice description and listed five books that they ought to read. They checked and none of those books existed. Right. <laughs> and that's when they came in and they, and they said, that well, they hallucinate a little bit. But I got to thinking about that. And when kids are learning to talk, they hallucinate a little well, bit tell, and they, they tell tales. stories all the time. <laughs> so... Are we looking at a simulation of human intelligence as far as language is concerned that is the equivalent of a child? And I think that's about where we are right now. And we are in the early days of this. But the expectation from all of the knowledgeable experts that I've been able to find references to at this point is that this is going to explode on us much faster than the iPhone exploded. So over the next couple of years, 
we're going to get to the point where the primary mechanism for talking to and working with computers is natural English language, and we can expect to have the output similar to what you heard a little bit earlier. I mean, uh, the fact that I can ask it to write an apologetic email and it writes the kind of thing it did, that's truly outstanding. Going to be, uh, we won't even have a use for a keyboard anymore at some point in time. <laughs> I uh, truly feel that we probably will not have use for a keyboard, that we won't worry about computer instructions or anything else. We'll just basically say, I want to do something. And the interesting thing is, it knows the background and the context already. Right. The amount of information and uh, human contextual information required to write the story that it wrote. The fact that it talked about the woodcutter and making, uh, or the uh, toy maker, Mr. Thompson, or whatever his name was, uh, building wood toys for kids, mm -hmm. the time frame and everything else. It didn't talk about the fact that somebody put up their drone and searched for the lamb. Right. You know, right. it was would, would have been the wrong context. It understood the context it was working from. <clears throat> and the emotion. The and emotion. the emotion yeah. side of it and everything else that was there. This is all information that was not in the request I gave it. It came from its knowledge that it had learned right. by reading English language. Yes. And just the feelings, though. The feelings is what got me. The emotions that's involved in, in some of the, uh, the writing it did, just that's what blew my mind. Well, the, the interesting thing is I understand that you could go in and say something uh, like, uh, pretend you are Stephen King. Oh, and write me a yeah. story in Stephen King's style. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that might have been a very different story. Land chops is what it <laughs> Land chops, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that it can do those kind of things and understands the context. Right. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, any, anyway, that's, that's the thing, I think. But uh, uh, the important point, that I, I guess, that I want to make to our membership is that I do think that if you have a question about something and you're trying to figure it out, that uh, if you have access to ChatGPT or if you have access to uh, Bard at uh, Google, that you might ask them for help with whatever you're trying to do and uh, see what kind of answers they can give you. Well, I like the, the one quote, the, one of the um, professors, are, are the CEO, I believe, that over the AI at, at um, Google. He said that uh, AI will be as good or as evil as human nature will allow. <laughs> allow it. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. That's it in a nutshell. Well, um, thank you all so much for the listen. I think we've uh, got a lot more uh, intelligent today, whether it's artificial <laughs> or uh, right, our, yeah. our learning. Uh, thank, thanks, Chet, for diving into this. I know you did a lot of research on it. I read a lot of your stuff, and it's, it's an amazing... Um, uh, just uh, what would you call it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Chat GPT moment. Chat Yeah. Chat, there you go. I'm having a chat. I need to get on there and ask that question. Yeah. It, like I said, it, just when I started to get into this and realized how sophisticated the text it was generating was. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, they that and like I said, when I started to think about that story and just what it would take for a human to write that story. That, that's mind-boggling. Right. Well, again, we're just going to wrap it up there. And, gosh, folks, it won't be long. We'll be back in the um, Veterans Theater with our meetings. Uh, again, our first meeting is going to be on Monday the 11th as the Wednesday is taken. It's the second 
we usually do it the second Wednesday, but uh, this first meeting will be on the Monday before on the 11th. Uh, unfortunately, I believe that uh, the rumor is the uh, iOS 17 um, keynote's gonna come out a couple of days after that. Yeah, on Wednesday, Wednesday or something Wednesday, is, yeah. is what I'm hearing also. Yeah, so it would have been nice if it was before the meeting. Right, but we would have had something to talk about, but we'll see. We'll that's, have lots of rumors. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thanks again for the listen, and I think we're going to wrap up here and call it a day. Goodbye, Chet. Goodbye, Gary.